Hey everyone, and welcome to Already Cancelled. I'm Peter, that is Connor, and we are going to talk about Star Trek, the original series, season 2, episode 9. It's called Metamorphosis, so full spoilers for the episode as always. And this one had the... Well, our, our main characters, we had Kirk, Spock, and McCoy, who for some reason are the ones on the, the little mission here transporting someone from a station or planet to the Enterprise. So we start off in the Galileo shuttle. I, I, I get... I get Kirk because it's like oh, because it's like okay, this is an important person that's being okay, accompanied. Okay, sure, I'll, I'll buy I get, that. I get McCoy because she's ill. Mm-hmm. Don't know why Spock's there as well though. Because later that's on, that's the one that's like okay, Spock maybe should have stayed with the ship. Yeah, when we go back to the ship later on. Apparently, it's Scotty who's next in command. He's the one giving the orders. Yeah. He's the one recording the the log. He's like, Captain yeah, we've Scott. seen a few times. He's there, and he always does a damn fine job. Oh, he does, yeah. He's very, very, you know... Having Sulu are really keeping things together on that ship. Yeah. Well, they, well, had a couple they, of scenes, they, they but... run a tight ship, don't they? But, uh, so yeah, the weird light appears and pulls them down to this sort of kind of planet. Spock theorizes it's the fragment of a planet that, you know, maybe broke yeah. apart, you know, eons ago. And they're there, so they've been pulled in. They can't get the ship started, can get the shuttle started. But there's and nothing it, wrong with it, technically. Technically, nothing wrong with it. And then they see someone, there's a person, and he comes up, and it's this guy, Zephram Cochrane. Although, at first, it's just Cochrane. He doesn't mention his first name, which is important for their... For us, it doesn't really matter, but for them, it's important that it's only Cochrane yeah. at this point. And they're like, oh, who are you? He's like, oh, I've been stranded here. Because at first, they've got their phasers out, they're ready to fire. Like, oh, we, we've been pulled into enough weird places to know that there's usually someone yeah, bad. Yeah, and, and he gets McCoy to scan him, check that he's human, because it's like, okay, mm. we've seen enough things that can impersonate us. Exactly. Uh, but he's like, no, he's, he's just delighted to see them. He's, he's he's happy to see them. Even the the the, the ambassador or the uh, what was what was her uh, name, uh, Eleanor. She she's uh, Hedford. She's she's like assistant commissioner. She she's she's going to do a peace treaty with uh, this this warring planet or whatever. She's she's going to go and stop a war. That's she's what she's doing. Quite important, clearly. And he's he's a little bit inappropriate. This Cochrane. He kind of looks at us like, oh, you're very attractive and. Oh, uh, you're like food to a starving man. All of you. Mm. But it's just a little tinge of awkwardness at first. And it, 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 it kind of keeps going, and he's like, oh, I've got a place just over there. Like, I've got, you know, I can give you the comforts of home. So they go back with him to try and find out what's going on, and he's, he's willing to... I mean, as McCoy points out, he is doing a lot of talking without really revealing anything about why he's here or... You know, he says he's been stranded. You know, he's he's stranded here, but he doesn't really go into why, how yeah. did he crash, what happened. But eventually, he reveals that there is an entity here that he calls the Companion that saved his life and provides him with things that he needs, but also mm. won't let him leave. Yeah. So I'm like, okay, we've got a powerful being of some kind. Like, where's this going? I was a little concerned when it when I saw that. I was like, hmm, one mm-hmm. of these again. Yeah, and when we see it, it basically just looks like a a, float, a see-through yellow blob, floating omelet. Is that what I was thinking? Yeah, it's, it's made of light. I mean, it's like sort of transparent light, but it, it's kind of an omelette looking kind of light. Yeah, yeah, I see it. Uh, it's got splotches of darker areas and that kind of thing. Mm. Uh, but then, then he reveals his first name, and like, because Kirk and McCoy were already thinking, oh, he looks familiar. There's something weird about this. There's something vaguely familiar about this guy. And it turns out Zephyr, when he gives him the full name, Zephyr Cochrane is the guy who invented or discovered warp speed. 
yeah. And actually, when I, I was curious about this, I actually just looked him up. Apparently, I have seen him before in Star Trek First Contact, which has some time travel elements. We see him when he when he's technically younger but he's actually an older actor because he's because because it mentions yeah. we find out that the the companion put him back to about his mid-30s so he'd stay that age forever when he's actually like 87 or something when he actually crashed here but he he's like the, the he was at the, the the dawn of like proper space travel when yeah. all the advancements were being made he's a big part of it uh, and there's a, there's a lot more of him mentioned uh, later on like i say first contact apparently he's brought up a lot in enterprise and stuff like that but he's he's a big figure in trek history Oh, that's cool. So, so he, he does pop back up again. Uh, the name, so it's just worth mention, uh, remembering. Um, it's one of those classic cases. If you you see the end of his story first, exactly, yeah. But he he's been here. He's been de-aged. He's been here because, as as McCoy points out, he's he's been dead for 150 years, and but here he is in his mid thirties. But he's been kept alive on this rock. And the reason why the companion pulled them in is because he told the companion that he was lonely and he would die of loneliness if he has no one else to talk to, if there's no other people around. He's been here too long alone. I mean, 150 years is a pretty long time to be... Twi- it is, I'm not, I'm not bloody surprised. Yeah, twiddling his thumbs. He's yeah. not even got a TV. What, what's, what's he doing with these days? He must have run out of books by now. Uh, yeah, you'd think. Unless the companion can just beam books to him and... I don't know. That doesn't seem likely, does it? Look, he spends all his time farming. Okay, sure. It's a pretty boring existence, but whatever. Well, if, if that's what he's doing, peaceful. Uh, so yeah, obviously Kirk and Spock and that want to want to get away. They want they want to. Okay, how do we get off this this place? Uh, can we get out of here? And he, you know, Cochrane does want to leave. He, like I say, because he he hears like these little fragments of things where they mention oh like Starfleet and they mention the Federation and he doesn't quite understand like, oh, Fe- oh sure Federation yeah well, he doesn't really know yeah, what that yeah. is yet before the reveal of what this is you kind of get these hints because he, he goes oh you speak English you're from Earth he's like yeah, yeah we're with the Federation he's like and, uh, whatever and he recognises a Vulcan he's like oh you're a Vulcan but as if it's not a normal thing to see one yeah the, the same with you know w- uh, seeing a woman in space oh yeah sure yeah the idea that you know back when he was doing all this there was no you know it was all men like uh, this is yeah. something that's changed but he he like he's like oh yeah you st- what you started has led to like a galactic empire we're all over the place we're in like you know planets and multiple star systems yeah. and whatnot and he's like oh fascinated by it. he's like excited to see like the, the the advancements and where things have went like it's a big driving force for him so he he does agree he wants to leave and they try and figure out how he like do this and he he talks to this companion uh, not verbally it's more of a sort of mental kind of thing where he calls upon her yeah. uh, I'm I'm revealing the gender of the, the thing that's a big plot point later but. Uh, companion shows up and uh, they 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 try and sort of they have this plan to try and trick it, but then the companion realizes they they hurt she hurts them, uh, and then later on they have this plan to uh, try and like Spock I don't know he does something with part of the thing from the the ship to give them like a sort of vocal translator so that the, yeah it's just a universal translator but he programs it go oh this should this should pick it up it's somehow. basically just sci-fi because space gibberish yeah space gibberish here i've made a thing that'll do this now yeah uh, and sure enough they, they hear this voice and it's a woman's voice and this is because the episode i feel like it's a very middling episode it, it keeps almost doing something really interesting that i like i like the idea that this guy was at the start of the the whole space exploration kind of wave where yeah you know if i remember correctly from first contact they had obviously space travel they'd been going to the moon they'd be going to be a bit further but him discovering warp speed was what it's really... It's what opens it up to, yeah. you know, okay, like, you know, interstellar travel. Yeah, so so that, that like, I really like those ideas. I like that stuff. But 
where it falls down for me quite a bit is when it gets to this stuff and they find out it's a woman and Kirk, or it's, you know, it's a female entity of some kind and as soon as they realise that Kirk starts talking about how, oh, it must be in love with them. It's, it's... Yeah, I mean, he was starting to notice it before, you know, because the, the first time they commu- that you watch them communicate, McCoy's like, yeah, it looks like they're kind of, like, it's, there's, a, there's a real connection here. Oh, sure, but it just... As soon as it's a woman, it's like, oh, they must be lovers, and of course they are, and it just, I don't know, like, all, all of it feels immediately just geared down that path. It feels like a very dated kind of mentality, the way the rest of the episode goes, where... It does. Because Kirk, Kirk even says, he specifically points out this line where he says, oh, I mean, man and woman's just uh, something that's, you know, always there across the cosmos. Like, that, that's just uh, the natural thing that happens. And that's not really, that doesn't work. And I'm, I'm not even just talking about, like, uh, you know, same-sex couples and things. Like that. I'm talking about th- th- there's animals on Earth that don't have genders. Like, so... Yeah, or, and they all swap between them. Yeah, so so that that's idea that he says, oh, this is just something that's. It's a, I think he calls it a universal constant. Yeah, constant. That was the word, and it's not. It really isn't. It's common. Yeah. It's a universal commonplace thing, but it's not constant. And so it was just there was a lot of things that felt like this feels kind of dated in the the mentality of when it yeah, was written. And it's it's where this goes for me as well. Like like all the stuff with him, you know, like being from the past. You know, that that's just really interesting. And then it gets to here, and it's like, oh, that's a woman in love with me oh i want nothing to do with this xenophobia yeah he's like oh that's disgusting this is an alien and i actually kind of like this moment though because the the other guy's reaction spot kirk and mccoy are all like well it's fine she's in love with you it's kind of beautiful and sweet and it's kind of like for them the whole idea that spock like spock's parents you know one vulcan one human like for them this is all very normal but he even though he was maybe at the front of times when he was you know alive and it was normal now he's actually 150 years behind, and he, he's yeah. like making this and jump that they it, wouldn't. It's a nice moment, but it's kind of undone too quickly over the rest of the episode. Oh, it is. He almost seems to forget he had that opinion uh, next yeah, time we see him. Like, it's just like, oh, yeah, I don't care about that anymore. Because, again, like, this is where I said it was going back and forth. I didn't like the whole men and women are constant, oh, it's in love with them. And then it's like, oh, but he's he's kind of been prejudiced, and they're not. That's a kind of an interesting idea. Yeah, I was like, okay, but, if, they're going, if, they, if that's what the episode yeah. is they could at least do something interesting with it and it thought I thought they were going to yeah and then it went back the other way and he just kind of forgot about that and Kirk talks to the the, the the companion again and says yeah but you're not human so you can never really like experience love with him and because of that he will you know he, it's unfulfilling for him and that's why he will ultimately die alone this you're mm. not enough like this kind of idea and because we've barely mentioned the commissioner woman who's like dying, she's she's sick. And at the start of the episode, like yeah, as long as we get her back to this, you know, the Enterprise, we've got the the the, the exact instruments to just heal her up. She'll be fine. She'll be absolutely perfect. Yeah. But because she's been beamed down here, she's just slowly dying and dying and dying to the point where she almost dies. Or she's just about to die at the end of the episode. And the companion decides to merge with her, which. It's like a sort of weird fifty-fifty thing. It kind of heals her, but now she's the companion and not really her anymore. It's yeah, it's 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 weird because it seems like it's the companion, but the companion saying, "Oh, we both of us," you know, the two sides. It's like it's it's talking like there's two of them there. And they tried but... to set this up so that it wouldn't be like because it's like, well, this companion actually doomed this woman to death because it beamed them in here and didn't let them leave. She she killed her. Yeah, and, <laughs> and it tries to go. Well, she was dying, so I might as well have taken the body. It's like. But yeah, but she's she was... dying because of you. Yeah, and they try and make it also kind of work by... Because at one point, the the commissioner has this little speech about how she's been so 
focused on her job as like trying to be a peacekeeper that she's not had time for love and it just kind of felt like oh she's unfulfilled as a woman because a woman's supposed to be in love with a man and do you you can't just be a lone wolf if you're a woman it, like, there's, a, there's a few times that this show has been dated specifically in that exact regard yeah. we like it's the, like, it's, we've seen it with the yeoman a few times Yes, it's like they're, they're try- it's like Star Trek's a very good show for its time period where it was really looking ahead in a lot of different ways. But sexism's one where it kind of some- sometimes does stumble. And this yeah. is an example, I think, of where it does. And it's one of those things where it's hard to fault it too much because it's one of those things where you have to go, okay, that was the general opinion at the time. So it's like when it was doing this, it wasn't doing anything wrong. And it was extremely forward thing with everything else, so it gets a lot of credit. But you look at it now and go, eh, okay, yeah, yeah. It's, it's the kind of thing where, like, it gets so much right typically that when it does get something like this wrong, it's like, okay, right. Clearly, you kind of let it slide a little bit, don't you? I wouldn't say I let it slide per se. It's just that you just understand the context. It's like it's like when you watch a really old movie and there's like a racist moment in it that's not meant to be played as racist. It's just that's just normal. Yeah. You, you don't necessarily blame them, but you acknowledge it and say, that was wrong, that, that moment shouldn't be there. But you don't necessarily give it a pass either. You can't just say, that's okay, it's not okay. But No, no. but you have to go, okay, there's nothing that, that we can do to change that. Well, there's obviously, no but reason. it's not a pass. Yeah. I, I, no, no. I, I don't like the word slide. I don't like the word slide, because that, that makes it sound okay. like it's okay, it's fine. No, no, I'm not saying it's okay, of course not. I'm just saying... It's more like you can't hold it against the entire episode. It can't. You, you can't let it ruin everything. You kind of have to go. Okay, that's what they're. But you have to look at it separately still. Well, I'd maybe change that sentence to. You can let it ruin the episode. It just doesn't ruin the show. Yeah, that's fair. Because guess, the episode kind of revolves around it, so this episode does kind of get ruined by it. Because that's where it goes ultimately. But see, this is the thing. I think if if you take out just the actual, you know, the part of all oh, these those you know those actual sexist parts. The idea of the the love story still between the you know the the two races, the two species that's still there regardless. Oh, there's good ideas in there, but I feel like, but that's the thing at this point. Though we're rewriting the episode to say this is how they should have done it. Yeah, I'm not yeah. I'm not really disputing that the ideas aren't there because I think there is good ideas in there because I've talked about how it's went back and forth, but I thought it was going to do this thing with it. Yeah, and then it didn't. Uh, so. So it's, because of where it goes, it, it does kind of sully the episode a lot. But it it, I don't think it's a terrible episode. I don't think it was a boring episode. Like it has some, like I say, good ideas, uh, some good moments in here, especially yes. when it comes to like just filling out Star Trek's history and like mm. you know. That's... And ultimately, I think I was just really relieved when what you know when the companion was introduced, and I was like, oh, it's a godlike entity, and then it was just something completely different. Yeah, yeah, it was. It was. Different it, it did that. something completely different to with it that, that it normal than what it normally does so it kind of gets some credit just for that i'll take away some points though because they never even remotely try to imply what this thing is 